Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Hello and welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. We are live if you're watching us on our Facebook page or perhaps you're listening to us on your way to work or to that favorite niece's birthday party. I'm excited to be here with you today. My name is Lauren Sweeney and I am your host of the Rise Up For You podcast. Today's guest is Neil Gordon. He is going to talk with you today all about presenting, speaking, and all the different keys that you need. If you're watching us live, you're welcome to comment as well. And if you're listening to us later on, that is fantastic. You can leave us a review or drop a comment below on your favorite platform. Let me tell you a little bit about Neil. Neil Gordon helps experts become the face of a movement. Wow. He works with executives, influencers, and thought leaders, and has helped them get six-figure book advances, be on shows like Ellen and Dr. Oz. I think we need to hire you, uh, Neil, <laughs> and double their speaking fees. Prior to becoming a communications expert, he worked on the editorial staff of Penguin Random House, where he worked with New York Times bestselling authors. He has been featured on Forbes, Fortune Inc., and NBC Palm Springs, and is a VIP contributor for Entrepreneur. Absolutely fantastic. Well, Neil, let me bring you on stage here. We are excited to be here with you. You could get us on Ellen and Dr. Oz, perhaps? Oh, I just need to place a call and you're going to be there in five minutes, Lauren, just like uh, that. No, no obstacles at all. I'm excited. You know, I mean, everything's just easy peasy, right? That's well, right. How did you get into this, the space that you find yourself in now? It, it actually goes back quite a ways as all stories usually do in that when I was young, I hated reading and I just, I, I didn't read like a single book for school, like straight up through college and didn't really ever apply myself. Somehow I still managed to squeak out an A minus average. I don't even know how I did that. But without reading anything, I got through it all. And it wasn't until the end of college that I discovered reading for leisure. And I just found certain books, like one book in particular, it was The Prayer for Own Meaning by John Irving that just, mm. it was a novel, but it just kind of blew my mind in terms of, what I thought was true about life and what became true. And I went through this angsty 20 something, what's it all mean kind of thing. And because it led to such a disruption of my worldview, I had to go and read everything else I could find by John Irving and whatever else I could find that had some real meat on its bones. And on the other side of that, I developed enough skills to get an editorial job at Penguin and that got me on the path. Wow. It, it's so great because we talk a lot with students. My husband's a math professor and we talk mm. all the time, you know, people have this idea, well, I'm bad at math or I don't like to read or, right. and then, you know, it's such a story to, you never know where you're going to end up. And we create these false limiting beliefs in our mind right. that really aren't even true. And it just, it shows that you can, you can be weave and bop and pivot That's as right. you need to. Yeah, so great. absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, 
I love that. So what is your favorite things that you love to do now inside of the different facets that you work in? Well, I have to say that the thing that never, ever gets old is working with someone who, let's say, has developed an area of expertise over what's often decades. They've been working and being very good at just kind of helping people one-on-one or a bit at a time. And they have the other person has problems and they can respond to those problems with their expertise. But what then I, what I do is help them to take all of that expertise and put it in like a little bottle and be able to say the precise and exact value of that expertise in the sentence. And I, I, I call it the silver mm-hmm. bullet where you distill all of your expertise down to one power pack sentence that gives people chills and the nice side benefit when you find that kind of statement for a person who's been doing stuff as long as they have, you get chills yourself. It's just like, Oh wow, that was great. How that just happened. And the range of of reactions that people have when we get to that point of clarity is quite gratifying and often humorous, frankly. Uh, I love that because it's getting that clarity crystal clear. Mm-hmm. people in general, I totally agree with you. They're too broad. We will do business coaching and we'll ask them, well, what do you do? And they right. talk for five minutes. And at the end, I still don't know what they do. Right. Right. So I love that how you talk about distilling it down into one sentence mm-hmm. so that it's crystal clear because the audience then can remember, oh, you're Neil Gordon. This is what you do. Right. It, it's clarity. And it also makes it clear for you as the professional, you're clear on what you do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't have any. I don't have any guesswork as terms of what my value is. But it's also very precise. And what I find is that people who have a real niche for a certain thing can do quite well and resonate in the marketplace. But they have to find the right people to help to do that. So where would someone start if they realize, all right, Neil, I'm listening. I love this content, Lauren. And I'm way too broad and I'm all over the place. And I Mm. really don't know who my key players and key partners might be. Where should a professional or an entrepreneur start? It's to me, I mean, there are so many different ways we could go with that, that all have value and validity. What I find winds up being of particular value is how we can think not so much about what our expertise is or what are we good at, or anything like that, what we can think about is what kind of impact do we know we have and feels good for us to have? And so we might not think, oh, I'm really good with math. We were to use the example from before. It's like, I'm really good at math kind of thing. It's more like I have found so much profound satisfaction when I help someone who's believed that they were no good at something to suddenly realize that it's possible. And I feel like math is the most misunderstood thing of all. And so the, like, you know, if you're a math professor or a math teacher or something like that, and you haven't decided to be that, but you're going on that path, you might think that's what I need to do because I love the impact that I can have when I help to reframe that topic or that subject matter for those people in that way, for those students in that way. And so you start with the impact you mean to have, Mm -hmm. and that can start to offer clarity or as a first step toward clarity, what are the places where I can have that impact? Mm Because while it's about your love and of the work that you're doing and all of that, it starts with the other person. 
it starts with what your value is in the world. And that can really ground you pretty quickly as to where to go. I love that. It's not just starting with the end in mind, as a lot of people would say, it's what type of impact do you want to have? Right. And then you have clarity for how are you going to make the impact and who are you going to make it with? Right. Right. It's not to say that it necessarily automatically solves, answers all those questions instantaneously, but it's a really good place to start. And you kind of reverse engineer your journey from there. Oh, I love that. What would you say to an entrepreneur who says, okay, I know the impact I want to make. I'm figuring out the who and the how, but I'm just so nervous. I find myself procrastinating. Yeah, nervousness and some of the close cousins of nervousness might be a bit of imposter syndrome or just procrastination in general. All of this to me winds up being a reflection of not actually having done that first step to a satisfying enough degree. So I help a lot of public speakers. And as we all know, public speaking can be a very anxiety inducing experience Mm -hmm. for people, especially if they don't consider themselves to be a public speaker, if they never did the school plays in high school or anything like that. And so this can be very nerve wracking for them. And the the old cliche is to picture the audience in in their underwear or something like that, which is just, So I don't think anyone takes that seriously anymore, but it's also a misguided idea to manipulate the situation. If instead you picture the audience after you're done speaking and say, what is their life going to be like after they've taken my stuff and implemented it in their lives in some way? What will their life look? What does it look like now before they've heard me? And what will it look like afterwards? And by becoming religious about that transformation for the other people, it takes the energy or it takes the attention off of ourselves and puts it on the other person. I'm sure you're sensing a theme by now in terms of how I approach all of this. You take all the attention off yourself and then it doesn't necessarily eradicate the nervousness or the imposter syndrome or the anxiety of any of that, but it certainly will say, okay, I need to show up and do this because these people need me. They, mm. they, their life is going to be richer as a result of me doing what I do and all of that. And so with entrepreneurship, if you're nervous about what's happening or if you're anxiety ridden about your new launch or revealing something, focus on the people who are going to benefit from whatever it is you're putting out into the world. And again, shape your mindset around that. And at the very least, you'll take the attention off yourself and perhaps feel less weighed down by it. Absolutely. I love that. Starting with the end in mind. And to your point, if someone is still feeling a lot of procrastination or maybe they Mm -hmm. feel some nerves, nerves are normal. But if they're still not taking action, go back to the impact you want to make. If you're Mm -hmm. really clear on the impact, it should be able to, I mean, we don't like to shit on ourselves, but it has perhaps consider that if you find yourself procrastinating, you're really not that clear on the impact you want to make. Because if the impact is so clear and it overwhelms us with gratitude so much, Mm -hmm. I can feel catapulted into making that impact. So I love that we're going back to that. It's not that we have to muscle up the courage and muscle up the willpower. It's how do you want that audience to feel when you're done? 
when you're done getting off that stage or when you're done with that course or you're done with that launch, what is that going to feel like? What are those testimonials going to feel like? What right. are those people saying, you helped me, you changed my life, you did it. What is that going to feel like? That is going to feel way better and way bigger than the nerves that you're using and allowing to overtake you. Absolutely. And it also has the nice added benefit of when you have the nerves, you have a lot of energy to work with there and you can kind of alchemize that energy and turn it on its end and turn it into something even more powerful. And so it'll be less limiting for you in that way too. And I, I just like to say that the quality of my life will be defined by the feelings I have while living it. And mm. so doing that kind of alchemy work with your thoughts just will help you to feel better in that moment yeah. and moving forward. And why not feel better? Let's let's go. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. I also love that you brought up the who. So I think most of us don't like to work in isolation. And, mm -hmm. and certainly if we're an entrepreneur or we're working virtually, as many more of us are than ever yeah. before, it can feel isolating. So let's talk about the who. Let's say I'm clear on the impact I want to make and I'm figuring out how I'm going to do it, but I do need some kind of accountability or maybe a coach. Mm -hmm. Talk about how someone would find who to partner with. There, you know, it's kind of funny. I always think of these things from a marketing standpoint because of the way I'm looking to get the word out on my own expertise and all of that. And there are a couple of different models of marketing. There's the disruptive model, which is like you're scrolling through your Facebook feed and all of a sudden you see an ad and you aren't planning to see it, but it attracts your attention and all of that. And so that can happen. And then there's the more intent-based marketing where you have a Google type thing. Someone types in a keyword and your ad shows up when they type in that word. And so when thinking of it in those terms, I find that sometimes like a lot of my people found me through a Facebook ad once upon a time. And so it was just almost accidental. Just the algorithms make sure nothing is an accident, but it, it, I just showed up at the right time and said, Oh, this is what I need kind of thing and all of that. And so sometimes it just is that the right marketers showed up at the right time and you found them and you sampled some of their content and you like what they had to say and all of that. But in terms of actively and proactively finding someone in that more intent-based model, I would say that, first of all, podcasts like, like what we're doing right now are a really good way. If, if you're looking to find someone in, and you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to find someone who's going to help you, I would honestly go and listen to a dozen different podcast episodes with various experts being consulted and then just reach out to the person whose episode you like the most, who said the kind of things that resonate the most. Because with podcasts, what we have in this is a far more intimate and long form way to get to know a person and what we think of their personality as well as their expertise. And I mean, I, I as you said in my introduction, I write for Entrepreneur and my best performing articles are the long form ones where there's several thousand words long at least and they rank highest on the site and stuff because that more immersive way to get to know somebody's stuff just winds up really resonating and having the most value so i suppose the shortest answer to shorten the answer is find long form content around the people who you might want to work with and just see what you think of them there 
I love that. And it, it also can just be mapping it out and telling somebody. So figuring out a professional you want support with, a podcast you want to be on, a coach you want to yeah. hire. You and I both are in this space and can certainly help anyone listening. And mm -hmm. we'll talk about how they can connect with you in just a moment. But just voicing it to other people strategically strategically, not asking a chorus line of people, what do they think of your idea, but saying, can I enroll you in, you know, being a power partner for me or, or keeping me accountable? And can mm. we set up some times for me to just kind of map out my initial steps? Yeah, I've, I've, I want to, this is probably honestly, Lauren, one of those things like more do as I say than as I do, because I do, I mean, I'm an Enneagram type four, which is the sensitive maverick. You're a yeah, three. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I know about threes too. There was a, I went through a three phase myself actually. And so um, the four is like the sensitive maverick, who's just kind of this tortured, go it alone type of person. So I wouldn't want anyone to follow my example and prone to isolation when it comes to being held accountable for things. But what I do know is that I'm, I'm working with a colleague now on an offer around writing articles because we both write for Entrepreneur and he writes for Fast mm -hmm. Company and stuff. And so we're collaborating and we have a specific date in mind and I need to get back to him and, and all that. So my model is actually more just to like actually work with somebody else, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And because I'm going to have to be held accountable, otherwise I'm going to let them down and I don't want to yeah. do that. So, but just having an accountability partner very simply is also a way to go. I find that I want people to protect their time and energy because I find that a lot of people are well-meaning and going to accountability, but they often fizzle out. So, yeah. so sometimes monetizing accountability is also helpful too, like actually paying to get some help because they'll have to show up because you paid them kind of thing. Absolutely. And that's where we come in as coaches, right? And people who can really support that process. Yeah. I think it also goes, Neil, to knowing who you are and knowing what makes you tick and the type of accountability you need might be different from what I need. So it's there really isn't a cookie cutter method. It's just get started, know the impact you want to make mm -hmm. and map out a plan and then figure out what type of support you're going to need. Well, if people do want your support, how can they find you? Well, it's funny you should ask that because I happen to see a uh, URL right on the screen with us right now, Lauren. So isn't it funny how the timing worked out there? Yeah, my website, as you can see, is neilcanhelp.com. And you can go to neilcanhelp.com forward slash apply if you want to just talk directly and, and set up a call. But you can just look around on the site. And as you can see on the screen now, there's a quiz that I also like to point people toward just to have a kind of a fun loving way to learn about how to be a more captivating speaker instantaneously. And there's some fun loving, there's some fun loving animal metaphors with the different speaker personality types. Am I an elephant? Am I an owl? Am I a monkey? Am I a bird of paradise? Which is always interesting for people to find out about themselves. So. So there, there are a number of good ways, but it all starts with neilcanhelp.com. I love that. neilcanhelp.com. And you can go to backslash quiz if you'd like to take his quiz. What does the quiz help them do? 
So basically what a lot of speakers mistakenly think they should do when they're introduced in, at the beginning of a keynote speech or another kind of presentation is, oh, thank you so much. It's so nice to be here. And isn't so-and-so who just introduced me great and all that, yay. And they ingratiate themselves to the audience. And the start of a talk is sort of like the start of a race where there's all that tension on your mark, get set. And then that moment before get set and go or the gun going off is a super high moment of tension. So I want people to use that moment instead to milk the tension instead of visiting, just go right into the talk with like a dramatic opening line of a story or something like that. And so what the quiz does is it shows you what's your personality type so that you can use your personality in a way that's captivating in the spirit of that tip, but is also aligned with who you are. So you feel comfortable really just kind of going and taking that kind of risk. Absolutely, I love that. Grab them. Grab Our them. CEO, Netta, she did a TED talk and the beginning mm. she comes on stage and she's singing. They're singing, I saw it, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so like, exactly yeah. what you're saying, captivate them, get them enthralled, and then you can go backwards, you can do all the things. I love that. Well, Neil, we always have a final question and we love to ask, what does Rise Up For You mean to you? Over a decade ago, I was helping to do fun part of this fundraising challenge for uh, Cambodian children of all things. And it was a $20,000 challenge. I had made about six, 7,000 of it. And I had a friend who was about to make, make it to 20,000. And I was resentful and jealous and all of that. And I had just done a fundraiser where I had about $1,500 cash on me in my apartment. I needed to deposit it and donate it to the cause. And I realized in that moment that I needed to donate it to her campaign and give it to her because it was about raising this money and letting go of the identity of being a fundraiser or of achieving the goal and whatnot and letting my ego let go of it. And honestly, Laura, when I did that, I suddenly felt this whole buzz and like everything was just kind of vibrating a little bit. And, you know, a little a few minutes later, I just had to like cry my eyes out because I just couldn't hold the energy at, at that, such an intense level. But in that moment, I didn't feel separate from her or anyone else. And it was a sense of connectedness that honestly was the best 10 seconds of my life. Wow. And so rising up for you to me is about making the choice to let go of our own stuff and really immerse ourselves in the belief that we are ultimately all connected and to somehow help our monkey mind to get out of the way and yeah. just to experience that. And honestly, I've not experienced it since, so I'm still on the hunt, but that's what it means to me. Wow, I, I get chills hearing that story. I love that. Dropping the ego identity of like, oh, I fundraise. And <laughs> oh, look at me. I'm such a good person. Look what I did for all these people. Wow. And it's not about, you know, being an Enneagram three. We like to win. To win yet right, right, right. Really, it was about the cause. And yeah. you knew that was what it was really about. Right. So fantastic. Well, Neil, thank you for being on our show today. I appreciate it very much being here, Lauren. Thank you very much. Oh, so great. I got chills. Did you get chills just listening to that story? 
I think everyone can kind of relate to dropping that identity. Well, if you would like some more support here at Rise Up For You, we would love to give you our free success kit. All you need to do is go to riseupforyou.com slash success kit and you can grab yours today. If you're looking for more support, training or anything like that, we'd love to connect with you. Text connect to 949-416-0671. That's 949-416-0671. Just text the word connect and you will get a link that will pop up and you can schedule a call with myself or one of our team members. I'm Lauren Sweeney. Thank you for watching us live or listening to us. We appreciate you being here and we'll see you next time on the podcast.